Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor-in-chief of the New Books Network. And just a warning about the interview to come. There's a slight echo during much of it. So if you find echoes disturbing, then you might not want to listen to it. I think the interview, which is excellent, is quite listenable. But again, if you find echoes disturbing, you might not want to listen. I can still remember being an undergraduate student, going from dance class to dance class, and working as hard as I could each day. In the midst of all that sweat and hard work, I was often curious about the techniques I was required to study. Sure, we had courses in dance history, but very seldom was a link made between what we did in the studio and what we learned in those courses. Often, movement exercises were presented with very little context. I always wanted more. I wanted to know not just what we were supposed to do, but why and how those approaches to movement were developed. Through independent study and some guidance from my teachers, I was able to whet my appetite, but admittedly, I was often left wanting more. I'm excited that today's dance students and educators have resources that will help them fare much better than I did. One such resource is Introduction to Modern Dance Techniques, the first book by choreographer, dancer, and teacher Joshua Legg. This user-friendly and accessible text is designed to provide readers with a comparative approach to classical modern dance techniques, including the work of Merce Cunningham, Catherine Dunham, Martha Graham, Lester Horton, and many others. Packed with historical content, beautiful photographs, and high-quality lesson plans, Joshua's book is well-suited to meet the needs of both students and educators looking to bridge the gap between history and practice in order to enrich and inform their study of modern dance. An accomplished dancer, choreographer, and master teacher, Joshua Legg's writing has appeared in both Dance Teacher and Dance Spirit magazines. He has taught at several institutions, including Harvard, and his alma mater, Shenandoah University. In addition to writing and teaching, he maintains his own pickup dance company. You can learn more at www.joshualegg.com. All right, welcome to the New Books Network. We are excited here at the Dance Channel today to be having a conversation with Joshua Legg, author of Introduction to Modern Dance Techniques. I want to say that even though I'm not someone who teaches modern technique, I am so excited about this book. I'm really excited about the impact that I believe it has made and will continue to make on our discipline. And I'm so excited that this is the first book that we could consider a textbook that we're featuring on the channel. So thank you so much for being here. And thank you on behalf of our listeners for giving me your time today. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. T, for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Um, one of the things that I wanted to jump into, because I have some assumptions about this, but I wanted to give you an opportunity, of course, to speak for yourself. Okay. Why did you make the, Why did you write this book? There are so many sort of guides available, so many resources that technique teachers can purchase. Why did you choose to write Introduction to Modern Dance Techniques? That's, That's a great, great question. question. There, uh, There are... Actually, a number of different reasons. Sort of on the personal level, this is really kind of a, a love letter and a thank you letter to my ancestors in dance. You know, to, to some of the people who, 
who were out there making all of this happen and whose work, you know, even, even the folks that I never had the chance to meet have impacted my life as, as a human being and certainly my life as an artist. So, you know, I, I kind of have a feeling of, of respect and, and needing to demonstrate my respect to my ancestors. So that there was that kind of on the personal level. I, and I think on the, on the more professional level, the book really grew out of naturally grew out of some writing that I had done for dance teacher and dance spirit magazines. So I had this foundation in writing about technique, uh, when I was work, writing for those two publications. So this was kind of an organic experience for me and, and sort of the natural progression of what I had done, um, in during that time of writing. And then there was also the, ex, my experience of having been a student, having been a, a BFA dance student and kind of looking around at some of the other BFA students who maybe had 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 a different set of experiences than I had had or hadn't had the same experiences that I did. And, you know, I, I remember conversations with young dance students kind of asking questions about, well, all right, so we talked about so-and-so in our dance history class, but we don't study gram in our school. What does contraction and release mean? Or what is breath rhythm? You know, we talked about Doris Humphrey, but what is, what is breath rhythm? We don't really have an exposure to, to Doris Humphrey's work. So there was kind of always that question in the back of my mind, even as a student, are people really getting enough information about these techniques that get mentioned briefly in a dance history textbook? So then I kind of, as a, as a teacher, myself, as a dance educator myself, I started thinking back to those questions from when I was an undergrad. And I thought there needs to be a resource that at least introduces the, the concepts, the principles, the philosophies in, in more than two sentences. Now, no textbook, no textbook can do and accomplish it, everything, but if you can, if you could have a resource that at least provides a variety of of these bits of information and and perhaps in a way that there's some kind of a practical experience then maybe we can start to fill in some of the gaps and as a dancer i was i was very blessed and very fortunate to have had exposure to all of the techniques that were in the, that i write about in the book and I know that that's not really a common dance experience. Um, at, at least it wasn't when I was that age. I, it, it, it may have changed dramatically since then. But, you know, when I, when I look back 25 years ago to being a freshman in college, I was very, very fortunate to be able to, to experience and explore on some level all of these different techniques and styles. And that was so crucial to, to my dance experience, to my life experience, really. So I, I wanted to provide a tool that kind of helps fill in some of the gaps, some of the questions. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> I'm glad to know that some of my assumptions were confirmed there because <laughs> in, in looking through the book, it really seems like you have a love 
not just for the history or just for the movement, but the way in which history and context informs movement. It also seems like your deep love and respect for our forebears in dance is something that you um, are still very intimately connected to. And to me, that comes through in the way you have constructed the book and what you've put together. It really bridges the gap for those of us who don't see technique on one side and history on the other and are really trying to integrate those experiences in our classroom. So thank you so much for creating a resource that demonstrates how we might do that. I'm really excited about how you've organized the book. You've got journaling exercises, you've got biographical sketches, you have all sorts of wonderful resources. Can you talk a little bit about the distinguishing features of the book and what makes your work here different from some of the other um, sort of dance books that are currently available? Well, I think the, I think the biggest thing that distinguishes this particular effort from some of the others is really the breadth. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about nine different techniques and styles and really 10 prominent choreographers in the same book. And I, I think it's, it's that breadth um, and kind of the opportunity for students to, to compare and contrast ideas um, that, that makes it different than, let's say, the books that are out there that focus on a singular choreographer. Um, number one, I, th I think that's, that's piece number one that, that makes it different. I think piece number two is something that you mentioned. It's, the book really is a, it's a fusion of biography, of history, and of, of technical manual. And the thing that I really focused on, or, or tried to focus on, was the philosophical core uh, of the techniques. And I think in, in doing that, I, I wanted students to kind of begin to explore the philosophies and the principles for themselves. So those journaling elements that you mentioned, I think are really central to the book. I think those things are as important to, to this book and to what I hope students get from the book as any information, any factual information about the techniques or the biogra biographical or history information. Um, I, I think that, and, and that's actually one of the great pieces of feedback that I'm getting is that, that students are really enjoying that experience of, of having to, to look at the questions that are posed and, and hopefully faculty are asking other questions and really kind of getting to their, their own philosophical ideas about what is dance, why do they do it, and, and all of those kinds of things. And then I think, I think that the other thing that's, that's different about this book is that, again, going back to something you said about history and context, placing technique in in the socio-historical context of the times that it came from. You know, I, I was talking about um, being a young dance major and, and what it was like kind of just hearing little bits and pieces of, about various choreographers and various techniques, but there wasn't 
25 years ago, there wasn't any effort in terms of contextualizing that. How did, how did all of this come about? Did it just spring like out of the clear blue thin air or did it come from something? And the question that, that the answer to that obviously is yes, that it did come from something and, and it came from various responses to, to things that were going on in the world. You know, after we got in sort of midway through the industrial revolution, the world was changing. The middle class was rising, was developing in, in Europe and in the United States. And that created an economic situation that allowed for people to have some leisure time and allowed them to begin developing a different sense of their physicality, a different sense of physical fitness. And kind of along with that, the exploration of what the body could do developed both in terms of, of growing ideas about athletics and in terms of growing ideas about developing ideas about um, what the body could do in, in an artistic context, whether that was in theater or how the body influenced the develop of, of rhythm in musicality or what we could do with dance. How could, what new things could we do with dance? And then, you know, it certainly as, as these ideas about that we now refer to as modern dance began to, to continue growing, you had all kinds of other social ramifications, social impacts on the human beings that were creating the bodies of choreography and the techniques, issues of race and gender and sexuality and politics. All of those things impacted these artists and informed their ideas, made them develop these, these philosophical, philosophical questions that they explored through the physical. And, you know, even when they weren't necessarily themselves political, like Marsh Cunningham wasn't necessarily political, but he came of age as an artist in a very particular time. And, you know, post WW2, we're encountering McCarthyism and the United States uh, war on communism and the, the federal government's financial support of, of dance companies at the time. Uh, you know, the State Department tours where they sent American artists out to the world uh, to, to demonstrate that America did have culture and there was this cultural alternative to communism. Even though Merce wasn't political, he was impacted. His company was impacted. Eventually, you know, he, he had a State Department tour. Um, so all of those things impacted the, the rise, the development, and continued evolution of what we call modern dance and, and ballet, certainly at least in America. Um, and then, you know, you look at, at artists like Catherine Dunham, who, in addition to being, you know, a, a, a phenomenal dancer herself, was an anthropologist, had a, a, the opportunity to receive a fellowship and had the opportunity to, to, to study traditional dance forms from around the Caribbean, 
brought those experiences and the, and the ideas that she encountered in the Caribbean back and fused traditional dance forms with ballet and created this incredibly rich cultural fusion in, in this technique and revolutionized what was happening. And certainly she wasn't the only Africanist artist working at the time, but, but that work and, and, and similar work from people a little, a little later on down the road, Pearl Primus and others doing similar things, traveling to, to Africa, um, All of those things just are, are incredible examples of how the context of the times impacted the development of, of these techniques. And all of those things, the issues of race, the issues of gender and sexuality and politics and economics, they're mapped into our dancing bodies. They're literally mapped in our bodies. And, you know, there are now generations of dancers who are disconnected, who are removed from the originators of these techniques. So they don't really have a sense of understanding of where any of this came from. So that was another thing that, that, that was a, a real motivating factor for me in creating the book. Thank you so Thank much you so that and for, for being so being thorough so in your response. Um, what touches me so much about that is one of the things I think we share is a desire for our students to see themselves in the field, to see a place for themselves within the dance landscape. And I and to know where that, where that place fits into the broader spectrum and the legacy. Absolutely. And, and so the challenge is if we continue to present these individual choreographers as these people who were 12 feet tall geniuses <laughs> churning out their individual brilliance out of, I don't know, uh, Rumpelstiltskin spinning flax into gold. <laughs> right. Right. It really can be uh, mystifying for students. It can be confusing and difficult to see a place for yourself in this world if everyone's a genius who churned out their own brilliance without any context, as opposed to explaining to students that the choreographers whose techniques were studying were everyday people who lived in the world and chose to respond to their times in a particular kind of way. Yes. And, yes. and I think that that opens up new vistas for students in terms of considering not only their own possibilities, but the larger relationship of dance to the world that we live in. I tell people all the time, you can study 20th century American history and use dance as your lens. You could do it with literature. You could do it Absolutely. with food culture. You could do it with music. You can certainly do it with dance as the critical framework. And so I, I, I'm very excited about the ways in which your book seems to support that premise <laughs> while making Good. it really accessible for undergraduate students. So maybe you can say a little bit more about who the book is for, who you had in mind when you were writing the project, who did you imagine was going to buy this book from Amazon and be able to make some <laughs> use of it? Um. 
really, I wrote it for the student I was at 21 or 22. Whoever she or he is today, that's who I was writing it for then. And I know that's kind of a strange question, but I was so hungry as a young dancer for this con for this contextuality or contextualizing of of the work and you know i look back and i was so blessed and fortunate to encounter Catherine dunham's technique and lester horton's technique outside of the academy and and yet at the same time that I was so immersed in the world of, that was Martha Graham and George Balanchine. Um, and I would look at the dance history textbooks and there was like, okay, in this, in this book, there's one sentence about Catherine Dunham in the entire book. And there's two in this one. Oh, and by the way, Pearl Primus existed. So I felt, a, I felt a responsibility to, to confront the sort of, invisible invisibility or the invisibilizing that so much of dance history did to these critical artists, these people that, that had such an impact on the art form in general, but then on the, on me as, as an individual. And from there, I looked at my own students and, and I, I looked at students who had no idea where their place was in this dance legacy. So I kind of put myself back in, into that position and, and really wrote myself a letter <laughs> in, in the process, my, my 21 year old self, so that whoever that person is today will have a better sense of, of where they fit into the legacy. So I guess my target audience really is, um, the undergraduate dance student, probably. But you, you mentioned the word accessibility. One of the reasons why I was so intent on, on creating an accessible language and not using a, a, a scholarly tone was, number one, that I was writing for them. But I, I also wanted to make the book useful to the general dance audience as well as to undergraduate dance majors. Um, and I, I think... Again, based on, on the feedback that I'm getting, I think it works in, in that context as well as it works in, in the context of the academy. Um, so really kind of those, those two audiences. But those two audiences are, are really kind of closely related anyway. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Along those lines, I wanted to ask, can you talk to our listeners a little bit about how the book is currently being used? Anyone that you know who's using it or um, any communities that have really benefited from having the text available? Sure. I've, I've, I've gotten all kinds of different feedback. Uh, I've, I've heard from one faculty member at a university who's using the book in her dance history class as a way to teach embodied dance history which I absolutely love. And, and even though I, I certainly expected that it would be used in technique classes, I really hoped that it would be in, in embraced in dance history because that's, that was so much of a driving force of, of 
my approach to the book and through, throughout my process of the book was, was thinking about it in terms of embodied history. So that's, that's my, that's my favorite happy, happy moment. But then, you know, I, I certainly have heard that, that it's being used in technique classes. Uh, I think some people are utilizing it as sort of a, a teaching tool, but then other people are, other faculty members are using it as an additional component in the book, in their, their technique classes. In fact, at my alma mater, it's, they're not teaching directly from the text in terms of, of utilizing necessarily any of the, the movement material, but they're going back and having the students examine the history of the biography, then they're all doing the journaling. Um, experience uh, throughout the course of, of the semester uh, that it's used. So I think there's a really a variety of approaches to, to the book within the academy. I also uh, know that that teachers in, in the PK-12 system are using the book in a variety of ways. Um, I think it, even in the, I have a friend who teaches at the elementary level and she's using certain elements of the material, of the actual practical material um, in, in her classes, but then is using some of the philosophical ideas as a jumping off point to link to other artistic uh, conversations that, that students are having in that particular year. Uh, they, I think last year they talked about abstractionism and 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 kind of postmodern art. So she utilized the material from Merce Cunningham, you know, in, in that context. So I, I think there's a, a really wide variety of ways that it's being used here in the States. And, and I'm hearing all kinds of things about Canada and Europe and, and, and so forth. It's, it's really been exciting. It's been, the feedback has been so much better than I, than I ever hoped for. Um, it's, it's thrilling. And it's thrilling to see that there is still, so much interest in in these classic forms, uh, in these these classic training methodologies. That's that is really heartening and exciting to me. Um, you know, in the, in the, the the front of the book, uh, I, I, I quoted something from Bill T. Jones, <laughs> and it's 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 so true. He, uh, and it's it's right here on my desk. I keep this quote right here all the time. He said that there's there's something about the technique. The hand of these prime movers that we that we must not lose. People who they were people who understood how they placed the torso over the hips, how they encouraged the breath, and how they themselves inhabited a gesture. And I think for me, it's it that last sentence in that quote really gets to the heart of the book, to the heart of all of these people's bodies of work, and to why it was so important for me to write this book, how they themselves inhabited a gesture. To have the full commitment of the body, mind, and spirit in, in the movement, in the material, and the way that that connects us to our humanity is just absolutely the most extraordinary experience I think I've ever had as a person. To, to have that opportunity to be so completely in the moment and in the movement and, and there's no need for anything extraneous or, or outside of, of the body and outside of myself 
But in that, in that moment, we get to be absolutely the most human that we can possibly be. And there's so much in this world that takes us out of humanity, so much in this world that disconnects what should be a connected body, mind, spirit. And that's why dance is where I am. It's why dance is my path. It is why this dance is what I was supposed to do on this earth, to, to, to just have that opportunity to, to be in that place. And I think it's why I look at other things and I can acknowledge the importance and the value of so many other things, uh, so many other paths and disciplines, but there's nothing as interesting to me as dance. That's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you for um, being so um, transparent with your experience for our listeners. Can sure. you share with us any surprises that came up something you didn't expect, for example, in the process of putting the book together, maybe something that you decided to include or something you learned about yourself that really emerged for you in the process of putting the work together? Mm -hmm. There were so many, and I'm I'm trying, I'm trying quickly to, to hone in on just one because there were so many. There were so many amazing things that happened through this process. And now I have to say absolutely the most, I think if I can pinpoint one most amazing thing, it's the generosity of spirit that all of the people I talked to for the book demonstrated. Pretty much everybody that I ever wanted to talk to about the book gave so incredibly of their time and their attention and their expertise and, and their spirit and their passion for dance in general and then for, you know, specific choreographers that, that they worked with. Pretty much every photo I wanted, I got except for, for, for two. Um, I, but, it, you know, it was like that. People were just so generous. Oh, here, you want this? Oh, here, you want to talk about that? Well, you should also talk to this person or that person or, you know, shared ideas. And for the, the, the two years that I was hardcore doing research, I had this unbelievable community around me all the time. And, you know, people would check in and say, How's it going? You know, did, do you need anything else? It, it was just, it was extraordinary. But I think that really brought me back to a place of much greater clarity about my own dance experience and about really the blessing that my dance experience has been from the beginning because there's always been that kind of generosity with the people that I studied with and the people they pointed me to. And it's, it, it's, that is, that is really kind of the blessing of my life has, has been, I wish that there was a different word that I could say than generosity of spirit, but, but 
but generosity of spirit. And you don't necessarily get that elsewhere. And I'm, I'm not sure what it is that separates dancers from, from people who do other things. And I've done other things. I've been other places and I've, I've, I have worked with other very important people in other fields, but it's not the same. It's not the same. And I, I think it's because there is, well, Martha Graham talked about blood memory and, and I talked about ancestors at the beginning of, of our chat. And I think there really is something that gets passed down in our DNA that, that is movement based. And I think it's the thing that connects all dancers. And yes, I know we get very political about who's a ballet dancer and who's a modern dancer and who's a postmodern dancer and who's a this and who's a that. But at the end of the day, dancers are dancers and we are a community and we understand the way that other dancers communicate. We understand the physical and spiritual and mental uh, work that this is, that, that this art form is. And we understand that we're not just artists, we're athletes, we're, we train at, at very, very high levels of, of athletic training. And we put ourselves through through this conduit that other human beings would not think about doing. They would not, they would, other people just would not willingly go through what we go through in, in this process, whether that's in the studio or on stage to get to that point. It, it requires a particular kind of, of willpower, I think, that a lot of people don't have. And, and I, I, I don't mean that to sound elitist. It's, we're just different. We're just different. And that really makes you confront yourself. It makes you confront your stuff. It makes you confront your humanity. And, and it, it makes you inhabit this physical thing. You cannot be a dancer if you're out here. If you're out of the body, you can't be a dancer. And if you're disconnected from, from the body-mind-spirit, you know, that, that relationship, if it's disconnected, you can't be a dancer. You can't do it. It's like, if you're not breathing, you can't dance. And I, I think, you know, that all of that generosity brought me back to the place of, of my life and dance has, has been the greatest blessing of my life. So I, I guess if, if there was one big pleasant, maybe not surprise, but reaffirmation. That was it. That was it. Um, you know, lots of details of, of people's lives that either made it into the book or didn't make it into the book that I kind of thought were true. And then I, you know, that was confirmed or 
disproven or whatever. Those details were interesting, but I, I think it was that that energy that was that was around the process that was really the most pleasant surprise. I'd never written a book before. You know, I, I thought going into the book, I into the process that I would I. Sure. I've, I've written, I've done lots of writing. I've, you know, I'm published. Great. Yeah. I know how to write a book. No, I don't know how to write a book. And I've read the book and I still don't know how to write a book. Um, and I don't, you know, if there are other books that follow, I'll probably feel the same way after each one of them. Um, but, it, but that energy has just been a joy. And the way that the people not only talk about the, the book, but how the book is a launching had for for broader conversations around training and and the way that people are looking at their own training experiences, their own dance experiences, uh, you know that have that have had conversations around. That's exciting. It's exhilarating um, to have that kind of coming out of of the experience, and then. My teaching, you know, the, the, the book did all of the things for me that scholarly projects are supposed to do for us. It completely changed the way I look at the art form. It changed the way that I teach. It's changed the way that I choreograph. So it did all of those things as well. So, well, thank that's you. a very lengthy answer. <laughs> but it's great. Um, you know, you know, thank you for the generosity of spirit that you have shared with our listeners. Have shared with our listeners. Sure. Um, I wanted to ask I because I know you're active as a, a, a teacher and a, a choreographer. Teacher. Do you have any current projects or upcoming projects that you're working on that you might want to share a little bit about with the listeners here at the Dance Channel? Um, well, since the since the well, actually, since the uh, about the second year into the project, I stepped out of the academy to finish writing the book. I decided I was just going to give myself a year to finish writing the book. And since then, for the last two years, I've been working as a freelance choreographer and a master teacher. And um, I'm getting to the place where I'm, I'm kind of reinvigorating the idea of my own dance company. I had my own dance company um, for a while ago. And have kind of, I've, I've recently gotten back into to having my own company, and we're about to to have our second performance uh, in a couple of weeks, actually. So you know, there's there's been a lot more artistic projects and 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 lots of master teaching, lots of guest teaching around uh, since the book came out, which has been fantastic because it's really given me the opportunity to to examine how I teach and, and how I teach, particularly, not, well, not just my modern dance technique class, but even the way I teach ballet has changed. Um, so that, that's, been, that's been fantastic. Um, I'm thinking toward the next book. So I'm starting to do some research around that. And I, I, I'm hoping that will be around uh, dance making practices. Um, it'll be a very, I think, a different look than at, at dance making than than what's out there in in other pre existing books. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about uh, the start. 
to that process. And I don't know where, where this one's, where this book is going to go. Um, right now, I think just going to let it be organic for a little while until I kind of really decide what the thread is. I think I know what the thread is, but I'm trying to be, uh, a little non-controlling <laughs> with this process. And, and I just want to let it kind of be organic for a little while, but hopefully the next book will be about things making. Well, on behalf of the New Books Network and our listeners here at the Dance Channel, thank you so much for a phenomenal interview and for your honesty and generosity. And I just want to let you know that whenever that new book manifests itself, <laughs> you have an audience here at the Dance Channel that is ready to support you and ready to listen when you're ready to share that project with us. And we can't wait. <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. Thank, Thank you so, so much. much. And, 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 and thanks for having, having me. me. I, 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 I love, love talking, talking about dance and, 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 and these people, people these amazing people, people who gave us all of these gifts. gifts. It's, it's, it's just, it's my life. It's wonderful. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. You've been listening to an interview with Joshua Legg, author of Introduction to Modern Dance Techniques, published by Princeton Book Company. The book is available now through local booksellers and online retailers. I'm Takia Noor Amin, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast from the New Books Network Dance Channel. Thanks for listening, and keep on reading.